0: Scary skeletons and shivers down your spine. Shrieking scold will shock your soul and seal your gun tonight. Spooky, scary skeletons speak with such a screech. You'll shake and shudder in surprise when you hear these zombies shriek. So you're so misunderstood. You only want to socialize. I this has happened one other time, I mean, we just explain what happened. and only one other time. That just kind of blows. Yeah. Um. So we have we have to recover quick, real quick, before, before we lose momentum and get tired of doing this. Because we we were only 20 minutes in, which is mostly pre conversation. Yeah, we talked about um, it, it. Yeah, this it. just this just sucks. So <laughs> we were on your phone, we were watching, and we have to talk about it. Now the it, it mean, Indian, Indian, Indian what is it adaptation?
1: Yeah, you could TV say show, it's a, it's a, a cable show, show
0: in 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 India, and it is if anyone has been frequenting Reddit at all at the t- <laughs> at the time of mentioning this, then you know what we're talking about because this is fucking ridiculous and it's the something. fucking the, the the scene with Georgie being pulled into the pool, but he more so just kind of hops in just. Pops on in. He and, just pops you know, right in. It, and by scene, I mean it's five minutes of a clown in Two a minutes. pool, just kind of waving his arm. Yeah, like pointing down out at, at the, pool, no, no, the water on, and stuff. Come on, come on. We like, all we all float in here. But he's it's like splitting. a literal pool. Yeah. we all flo- we all float here. Yeah, we're floating. Hop on in,
1: we're uh, floaters.
0: Yeah, that's not that's not what Stephen King means. No. But anyways, um,
1: that adaptation is fifty-one episodes. Jesus fucking Christ. So they may cover a lot of the stuff that like the miniseries didn't cover and who mm. knows maybe that the new movie
0: I can see why you'd be tempted
1: to watch it all. To
0: see what happens there. Yeah, specifically that's 51 with episodes. specifically. With long. the shit American horror story asshole <laughs> seven Intro that we watched afterwards, <laughs> which, which consisted of several <laughs> things, mostly being scorpions, crabs, statues, the same baby dolls, clown dolls. You missed and the most important part. Barbed wire. Barbed wire. <laughs> lots Just and lots of barbed wire. Just being flashed in your face and a bleeding ear. To to You kind of do the background like Okay, so do that. I'm not doing that. Because then what comes in next is. It's really dissonant and kind of s- s- stupid, but uh, you I thought. I thought well, it was. kind of creepy. I thought it was a little creepy. <laughs> It's the, the 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 little the little children. The clown's face is too hilarious, and they're they're stepping on so many visual and narrative tropes in <gasps> horror films.
1: What if what if what if You're instead touching of touching me, what if instead of a spider, he turns into a scorpion? I think that's that's why they, that's why they kept showing the scorpion.
0: That's kind of the connection I made when I Once, saw it.
1: What what if instead of the the. Deadlights, it's just Bart Wire that shoots out of his fucking eyes. What if. it just goes
0: in there. What eyes. if instead of a cave or sewers or anything, they, it's build, just a bloody they ear. build a set out of like Play Doh and they put a literal scorpion in there? <laughs> and they're like, oh, the 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 clown he transformed into into a monster and you know they they just put these little things that are like little versions of the adults like right in front of the scorpion and he kind of like bats (laughs) him around for a little bit or maybe they put like scorpion food or like but or they dress up they dress up little bugs as (laughs) the characters in because their budget as I said last time, is seven dollars and forty two cents. Yeah. Uh, taking one look at at uh, Pennywise, you could you could clearly mm-hmm. see they found him in a van down by the river, and he's clearly that and I he's think, doing the I entire fifty one episodes uh, pro bono.
1: I don't, or as think
0: he would say, he, pro boner.
1: I don't. I don't think he even had a van. I think he was just down by the river, well, where, where
0: else is he going to rape the children?
1: in the just, sewers
0: just, just next to the river I guess they thought he was perfect <laughs> so, for the part so anyway um <laughs> you know, that's terrible it would It how funny would it actually be though if it if it's almost like them you know like the 50s movie mm-hmm. with the ants just like CGI well not even see, green screened on top of footage of people running it was like a scorpion green screened on like seven adults acting like they're scared <laughs> I'm sure that's what it is. It might be.
1: This is why I won't watch it. Yeah. Exactly.
0: Yeah, I am intrigued. But would I slog through a thousand minutes to see maybe five? You've watched worse. American Horror Story.
1: Yeah, and that has what, six seasons? we were six seasons? talking
0: about as well. Yeah. Fuck that show. Yeah, that show is kind of the butt of like every joke in horror.
1: It's like... Every season starts. It's not the same. bad
0: cable, I will say that much. Yeah, it's not bad cable. It's just bad media in general.
1: Every every when you
0: compare it to other cable, it's probably higher scale because yeah. it's actually Fox. You can see Lady Gaga's, they, Gaga's butt, and, butt and, in the. And one they put some season. time into into the the Lady its Gaga's style. Nice they tried to be as as um as uh, offensive as possible
1: by showing Lady
0: Gaga's butt. I would say just. With all the visual gore, like, they just fill anything that would trigger someone in that fucking show. Literally, it's been seven seasons of them trying to trigger people. I don't know if it's
1: been seven, I think it's six. I think it's seven. I think Hotel was six. Oh, and they came out with that other one. Shit, what was Cult. the new one even called? Cult. Was it Cult? Cult. That one looked really dumb. It's after, it's, it might even be
0: eight, dude. That's how, that's how no. fucking... Yeah, it might be. Anyway, so you
1: got, the, you got a house. Come the first on, one. asylum,
0: murder house, asylum,
1: coven, coven,
0: freak show, freak show, hotel, and cult. cult. So they have six. It's cult called cult is, six, is six.
1: six. I feel like we're missing one.
0: They're redoing. Um, what was well, the one with not, the
1: alien abduction one?
0: That was two. That was asylum. Okay. They just the seasons used to be longer. That's all.
1: Oh, there's a season. Someone. The top thing on Google is season eight. I think we missed one.
0: Oh, yeah, the reality show. That wasn't. The reality show was last year. It wasn't. What
1: the fuck was the reality show one?
0: They're filming a show in a, in a house in the south, and mm-hmm. they got the chick from misery to play like a butcher. No, the most recent one was Cult.
1: Is that mm-hmm. the one you're thinking of?
0: Cult. Roanoke. Roanoke was last year, is what I was saying. No, that was last year. No. I'm, I'm w- talking about a, a September to June scale. I'm not counting the summer. So I'm saying October of, of 2017, because you said last season. you you When you said hotel, I think you got a year wrong. Anyway, <laughs> Roanoke is the one where Kathy Bates is playing someone called The Butcher, and they're trying to film a movie... Or a reality, No, they're trying to film a reality TV show in Roanoke to kind of parody the Roanoke disappearances. And halfway through the season, it changes.
1: I don't remember this at all. It's because
0: it was terrible. I it's because it was awful. Was it? Absolutely. The house was actually haunted, but they also made a horror film about it so the first part of the season is the horror film the second part of the season is the actors revisiting the set and they're played by a different cast it's like a reality TV show adaptation the oh, actors the reviews and the
1: re- are good with this one
0: eh. no season has been as good as one
1: that's because that like one came and everyone's like what the fuck is this one, now, now it's just like, one, oh, we
0: know it's gonna be... One tries the hardest. I like that. I like that poster. Just watch Roanoke. Yeah. Anyway.
1: I didn't even fucking know that existed.
0: Yeah. It, 84
1: it episodes of this shit?
0: Of the entire show.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's not... I thought 51... Have you seen all the episodes? And yet you're gonna talk bad about watching 51 episodes of Indian It.
0: Yeah, I mean... Jesus. I wouldn't wish that upon my worst enemy. Forcing them to slog through 20 minutes of stuff you don't even have subtitles for. And it just sounds no, like, so garbage, and like when, garbage and looks like garbage. I would
1: watch it if it had subtitles.
0: Oh, even if it didn't. I would. You know what I would need? I would need a very ridiculous English dub. That would make it That's work. what I would need. We could make that happen. We could. We could be the MXC of... Indian it of Indian it. We'll we'll make it happen. Yeah, all right. I'll I'll come up with some kind of bullshit plot. It'll be about like a clown wanting to throw a party for the kids instead (laughs) of wanting to. He's just like, no, like get in the fucking pool, get in the fucking pool. We're supposed to have fun. We're supposed to be swimming, and he's like, nah. You know, like the kid, he's kind of smiling at the clown. He's like, no, you're silly.
1: And clown's like, no, this is a party for you. The kid will be played by
0: Frowns. George will be played. Georgie will be played by Frowns, except. His name is not Georgie. His name is I don't know Patel. <laughs> His first name is literally I don't know.
1: <laughs> second, <laughs> All right. Second All name right. Patel. God damn.
0: Anyway, so
1: God damn today right.
0: on this episode, if it doesn't fucking crash on us anytime, if it soon, crashes, we're just going to Mario Party. I wouldn't blame you at that. We'll take point. we'll take that as a sign. This is uh this is like the third time we've essentially. Yeah, you want you want to tell
1: the lovely listeners what happened last (laughs) last time?
0: We got locked out of my house for three hours. He came over to record. We had food. We had warm food in hand.
1: Well, I had a cold sub, and then (laughs) mine was already cold. And
0: then we got locked out of my house for three hours.
1: So that's what happened. And I to we tried recording. Yeah, you thing, did the entire time. Yeah, you the did the entire fucking time. You we were just yeah, like, you, you can go did. home. I was like, nah, I'll wait with you. He came inside,
0: fell asleep watching three episodes of SpongeBob. You
1: fell asleep fucking immediately. You got through like one. Two. It was one full episode. <laughs> one full episode. Anyway,
0: we've been rewatching SpongeBob. So that's that's all that's happened since Are You Afraid of the Dark, which we haven't talked about since Forever. Silverlight. I don't think.
1: Which there's nothing worth talking about. Silverlight was the Silverlight, highlight of the entire show. You watch, but but you can't just
0: say Silverlight's the best because you kind of have to watch the prior seven seasons to to, to really, appreciate, to really appreciate Silverlight. Mm-hmm. Um, it is the Avengers of Are You Afraid of the Dark?
1: God, it's so Samuel good. Jackson's there.
0: So. Yeah, um, they bring back the readers from one through four, and they team up with the readers from. Well, no, it's just Mark.
1: And it's I think it's Mark and someone else isn't it Mark and one of the girls. No, are you sure? It's his little brother. It's a family thing. Remember, it's about That's the why I thought it was a little girl.
0: Yeah, no, the girl was a reader in, in uh, five through seven, but uh, it's just Mark. Uh, fucking. I, I was calling. Is his name Topher? I think it is. Um, he grows up, and his and naturally his brother goes to fucking college or something, but he comes back to tell him the grandpa's dead, and they fucking all go on an adventure against ghosts and a Pennywise type monster, and it was mind blowing and fantastic at the uh, same time. That, those episodes, I would just, I would watch those episodes. It was a three. Episodes. It was a three part series. Uh, So Which means it was an hour and twenty... It was an hour. It was an hour. It was an an hour-long episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark. And, um... It was amazing. They had a good budget. They had a good... They had a good plot. They had good writing. And you just... You you genuinely care for the first time in the entire show. And it's the seventh season opening. Which is so sad. Because it should have been the series fucking finale. It should have been the finale. Yeah. But didn't we find the finale... Oddly satisfying.
1: It, ended, no. it It didn't it end a certain way? No, it just ended. Huh. Like it just ends like it would any other season. Interesting. I don't think they got. They knew that they. I didn't. Oh, think you they know knew. what I'm thinking
0: about? I'm thinking about when Mark throws on the fucking pixie dust onto the fire and it like puts the fire out and everyone gets real spooked.
1: Oh, at that's silver. That's at silver the beginning light. of Silverlight. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Silverlight. Because remember when that happened, we lost our shit. We're, we were like, what? It was, cause it, it was are, one of those, expecting it. It was one
0: of those, what <laughs> moments, <laughs> you what? know, it's when you've just Take- taken a huge rip and you're holding it into the best of your ability, but everything about you wants to like exhale and cough it out and just be exasperated about what just happened on the, on the screen. So Silverlight was fucking awesome. We also talked about, um, I just, I'm, I'm going back in order of what we prior That's talked fun. about, you know, 15 minutes ago. Um, We talked about The Ritual a little bit. We... I just had to say that, like... There aren't many people I've talked about movies lately with, and when it seems like I'm talking, you know, they they either hadn't seen or hadn't been interested in seeing them, so I haven't really had anyone to bounce shit off of. Mm -hmm. But recently I saw Ritual, and I remember texting you during watching it and just being like, dude. And You you and you were like, I already did, and I was like, fuck...
1: That uh, it was a good movie.
0: It was fantastic. <clears throat> I had one of the coolest monsters I've seen in it's so fucking cool. years, and it's wholly
1: original. Definitely like um like a Dal Toro monster.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. what it reminded me of. It just was,
1: the creativity um, of it.
0: Movie wise, it was very almost a British chameleon flick or mm-hmm. Shyamalan. Very tense, very quiet. Things only really snap off screen for a while. And the last 20 minutes of the movie, it it's just pure monster creature feature bullshit. I will Real say. Real fun.
1: Real fun. Because I watched it. I watched it with my girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And uh, the scene in the very, very beginning when they go into the liquor store. Uh-huh. And, like, they kill him. Uh-huh. Holy shit. We uh-huh. watched that, I was like, I feel I feel dirty.
0: Yeah, I felt I felt fucked.
1: Because it just happened so fast. Like it happens where it's just like,
0: oh fuck. You like, know you know what changed things for me? Hmm. They didn't have guns.
1: No, he had a bat. Or like, there are glass
0: bottles all around you. Cut throats. Yeah. I'm sorry, but like if if any well, of my why, fucking friends that's got downed I, by a baseball bat in front I, of me. I, I don't know if it was, it was either like a baseball fucking, bat or like a
1: billy club or something. It was like, that. It was, like a billy it club. It was something like that. But
0: point withstanding.
1: Well, that's why it was such a big deal that he didn't do anything. He had a glass bottle in his hand.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And he didn't do anything. Like, I can understand like, sitting there and thinking about it, and then like, your friend gets smacked in the head, you're like, oh shit, I have to do something.
0: I'm sorry, but you go, you go straight into tactical resilience. Yeah. All that I could think about was, okay, they don't know you're there, go around the the other side and smack them both behind the head. No. He was like, even if he did, he wasn't, he was like, he was like no you're killing him like he turned to his yeah, friend yeah he did, he did it one, he didn't want he was like he was he like, probably didn't want any deaths yeah so you walk up behind them and you take both of them out at the same time
1: yeah two glass bottles
0: <laughs> absolutely yeah
1: you have oh, a glass
0: bottle fucking broken over your fucking head no <laughs> well exactly because you wouldn't remember it
1: especially like a liquor fucking bottle like those mm-hmm. things are thick pick up I the, told the thickest story. one you can find I
0: told a story and it s- might not even break I told a story in 66 where I was in a liquor store and I saw an old man oh, fall. I don't, don't, don't want fu- like
1: to d- can we not talk about this? We don't, don't have like to talk it, about it. Thanks. That. I don't like it. I already it told makes, the
0: story. Go back to episode 66. It was it was um it was quite frightening. But again, saw porn. it happen. Yeah. Blood everywhere and I immediately snapped into action. I don't know why always shit.
1: just linoleum. It just I don't like the speckled linoleum. S- I don't like it. It freaks me out. I feel like yeah. it'll just pop really well. I, it did, and I don't like yeah. So it, it did. Okay.
0: It did to the point that one of the
1: cashiers, when when everything was said
0: and done, and they were still mopping it up, one of the cashiers went, hey, "Happy Halloween," <laughs> and I and I still had I still had blood on my hands, and I kind of turned to her, and I was like, I gave her this like face like, that that had to have said, "Now's not the time."
1: I with
0: with your hands covered in blood yeah
1: I'm like fuck yeah dude (laughs) (laughs) like what are you gonna do with that situation
0: I mean give me 10 minutes to fucking recover (sighs) the dude literally just got into an ambulance and you crack a joke the minute he leaves
1: hell yeah they don't give a shit oh
0: fuck nah give me 5 minutes to recuperate first we
1: were cracking jokes about the guy that had a heart attack at Carmike like as soon as he got taken out I was cracking jokes
0: about the Parkland school shooting. Oh, dude, want, that's, the last not cool. no, that's
1: not cool. <laughs> no, old people dying is fine. It's natural. That's what happens. Kids getting shot is not. Hey, abortion is abortion, <laughs> even if they're fifteen years old. <laughs> what? It's okay. It's okay. You you gave me the most serious look when you were like, dude, and I was like, did I do something wrong? Oh my God. So anyways. <laughs> yeah. Getting back to it. Um, We have how the to. the fuck did we go off on that? That's yeah, fine. It's, who cares?
0: We had to, we, we have to cover, we have to cover someone else's tracks. In episode 83, we didn't get to finish what we were reading in that episode. And that's just because, wait, did I even introduce you yet? That was the last recording.
1: Oh shit. I didn't even introduce oh, you shit. Yeah. 20 minutes and you didn't introduce I me. mean, people have to know at this point. They know who um, I am. Yeah, I'm here. This they is... hear that dumb fucking voice and they're like, <laughs> oh, I'll turn off this episode. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is Lots eat. of
0: Pasta, episode 85. And this is with Disco Dracula.
1: <laughs> do, 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 do.
0: And, uh... And, uh, we're here, um, covering for... Well, not necessarily covering, we're finishing. We're, um... Those other dudes, they're quitters, you know? They got tired real quick, and they were like, We want to go home. So I was like, you know who I... You know who, who would respect this material? Disco Dracula. So, in this episode, we're gonna start with some short stories. We're gonna finish... What happened in episode 83, where we covered the holiest of holies, the scariest of scaries, the spoopiest of spoops. Um, The first three parts of Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark by Alvin Schwartz. So we're here to start from part four of the book. And we kind of went through the art a little bit and we we relived some... um, some good memories, some good nostalgia, and I just wanted to clarify that like bunch of baby ducks didn't remember anything
1: mm-hmm. about
0: the book other than the pictures. He 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 remembers borrowing the book from the library and just looking at the pictures. Skelebones surprisingly didn't even know about these books. N- not one of the three. At least one person you it's know, very I, shocking. It picks up one of the books at some point in their elementary.
1: it's it's intriguing, but you, hear you said a lot about it.
0: but you said Scally Bones didn't go to our elementary district, Correct. so that might explain that. He you know it's all about accessibility at that age. Yeah, I thought I could hide anything from my parents as long as they weren't like going rifling through my shit. So I would rent that book and I would just keep it in my backpack and carry my backpack to my my room and then I would like read it up there and I would hide it under my pillow. like porn. Yeah, scary stories were my porn when I was Ooh, in third grade. It's the best kind Creep of porn. Pubescent spoops rustled me jimmies. So we're going to just dive right in if my computer doesn't crash again.
1: Maybe we should save this. Yeah, let's pause
0: and save. Let's like pause and save and let's that way and if save. it does. I doubt it's going to crash again.
1: Yeah. It
0: seemed like a Java thing. Um, You're a Java thing. I can be. I've actually recently been drinking coffee.
1: Coffee's good.
0: Yeah, coffee's good, and it's good for your bowels, too. Mm-hmm. Um, cleans it right up. I uh, I started drinking coffee. Mm-hmm. I started going to the gym mm-hmm. at least three days a week.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And um,
1: good I'm eating you. lots
0: of vegetables.
1: Vegetables are good. I'm sweating
0: a lot more. That's okay. It's making me it's more... It's making your fat cry. It's making me... Uh, my acne... Has grown out of control because I'm dirtier. That's okay. I need to get clean.
1: It's called shower I need to be daily. Pure.
0: I do shower daily. I actually think I over shower.
1: Maybe that's why then.
0: Yeah, it could be interesting. Yeah, um, my Your pores, body, man, my pores are screaming out. The
1: human body is a. I just noticed that ever since I started going thing. to
0: the gym, I was, I've been popping up in. Acne all over the fucking. I thought you were place. gonna say popping pills, and I was like, "Do we need to have a talk off? I've been popping pills off, off mic. Well, supplements.
1: Well, yeah, that's fine.
0: Vitamins, yeah. or as the British say, vitamins. Vitamins. Fuckheads.
1: So um, to talk.
0: I mean, they have some things right, yeah. like um, fa- fanny pack over there. It's oh. still fanny pack, but it means vagina. Oh, because it's the fanny,
1: and they they pronounce. Buoy as boy. Boy. Because that's how it's spelled.
0: Boy. You gotta swim within the boys.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you don't gotta touch swim in the boys. <laughs> don't touch those big boys in the water. <laughs> don't go near Be those big boys. the boys. Careful around the boys. Alright, we gotta fucking alright.
0: Um so part uh scary <laughs> we're still on scary stories part one. And then after we finish this, I got some surprise stories that we're gonna dive into. Um similar vein of short stories about spoopy things so uh scary stories tell in the dark book one part four other dangers most of the scary stories in this book have been passed down over the years but the ones in this chapter have been told only in recent times they are stories that young people often tell about dangers we face in our lives today. Ain't that that just the way?
1: Ain't that just the way. Fucking love over the garden wall.
0: What were you going to say? Don't say anything about... Parkland. Oh, no, 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 no. Assault rifles. So,
1: we, um... That wouldn't necessarily be wrong in this case.
0: So, knowing the stories we're about to cover, Mm -hmm. because among them are... Babysitter, Hook, and High Beams, Mm -hmm. these things inspired Creepypasta. Ooh. This was the creepypasta before internet. This book, essentially this book series. Yeah, is the creepypasta because they're mostly hearsay. They're folk they're folklores, Mm -hmm. legends, urban legends, and sometimes even poems, or as we covered last episode, raps. So let's see what the first one is. The hook. It's the hook. Do you want to read the hook? Sure.
1: I'll read the hook. The hooky hook. Hooky 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 hook.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Looky looky, I got hooky. Did you like my hook reference?
0: Rufy. Oh. I also like to do the the um the fat kid voice sometimes, <laughs> which is Peter. <laughs> do you remember your mother, Peter? Peter?
1: Peter? <laughs> it's his face when he says it, too. Do you
0: remember your
1: name? <laughs> he has such a chubby little face. I remember my <laughs> Did you ever see Pan? That Peter. fucking shit show of a yeah, movie? Absolutely. That was a bad I movie. I also liked
0: uh, Toulouse in, in Hook. Because he's all about his marbles. <laughs> I've, lost, I've lost my marbles. Have you seen my marbles? He gets it back. Oh, <laughs> my marbles. Mm -hmm. He's talking about his testicles. Yeah. His balls. He got his balls back. They just make noises under the fucking... All he wears in that movie is pajamas, I believe.
1: Senility. The hook! Donald and Sarah went to the movies. Then they went for a ride in Donald's car. They parked up on a hill at the edge of town. From there, they could see the lights up and down the valley.
0: This is what you used to do with the girls.
1: Yeah, I'll two of them <laughs> Donald turned on the radio and found some music but an announcer broke in the with the news bulletin I remember the story Okay, I'm I surprised you didn't I, 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 I can't put them together with the titles as soon as I start reading them boom popped back in my head I know a murderer had escaped from a state prison he was armed with a knife and he was headed south on foot his left hand was missing in its place he wore a hook let's roll up the windows and lock the doors said Sarah "'That's a good idea,' said Donald. "'That prison isn't too far away,' said Sarah. "'Maybe we should really go home.' "'But it's only ten o'clock,' said Donald. "'I don't care what time it is,' she said. "'I want to go home.' "'Look, Sarah,' said Donald, "'he's not going to climb all the way up here. "'Why would he do that? "'Even if he did, all the doors are locked. "'How could he get in?' "'Donald, he could take that hook "'and break through a window and open a door,' "'she said. "'I'm scared. "'I want to go home.' "'Donald was annoyed.' Girls are always afraid of something, he said. Alright, rightfully so, you're gonna get fucking murdered, you know? there's. Just think of the Zodiac Killer, man. This dude just wants to fucking... If these stories
0: are from the 90s, then think about the fucking Zodiac Killer. That's literally his M.O. People alone in a car at the top of a fucking hill, away from civilization. And he would literally shoot them in the
1: fucking face. As he started the car, Sarah thought she heard someone or something scratching at her door. Did you hear that, she asked as they ro- roared away? It sounded like somebody was trying to get in. Oh, sure, said Donald. Soon they got to her house. Would you like to come in and have some cocoa? She asked. Fucking cocoa. I fucking love cocoa. Who doesn't love cocoa? You don't like cocoa?
0: Get the fuck She's out She's almost of like making up for like yeah. having to drive her home. She's like,
1: come inside, touch my vagina. Yeah. While well, I make some cocoa, there he's he's getting that cocoa. <laughs> Would you like to come in and have some cocoa? She asked. No, he said. I've got to go home. Um, you go in when a girl offers you cocoa. I don't care how tired you are. Okay. He went around to the other side of the car to let her out, hanging on the door handle. Was.
0: Oh, oh, so sh- so Sarah was wrong. She didn't. Uh, the the killer didn't. Break the window with his hook. He politely tried opening the door first,
1: and then they just pulled his fucking hook. And they just drove hand.
0: away, and he was just like, oh typical." Who's,
1: who's the real assholes
0: in the story? Actually, let me pack another one. I if think I can Donald. F- if I could fucking see,
1: Donald is the um, um, the real asshole. We have, we have
0: mood lighting. Natural. Uh, it's just to uh to assist with the classicness of these stories. Uh, because you know, you gotta go to this place. When you're reading scary stories to tell in the dark You actually gotta read them In the dark So many other times in this show We just kind of Bullshit away Through what is probably A terrifying story to be reading on your computer In the middle of the mm-hmm. night But all of our lights are on mm-hmm. So you know We gotta get theatrical sometimes Just fill in a bowl
1: <sighs> just, just fill in. Dance break Disco yeah, this is quite. This is quite literally
0: a disco Dracula dance break.
1: Disco Dracula is getting his uh his dancing legs on, and they're getting tired. He's very fucking tired. He hasn't danced in a while. He's out of shape.
0: It has been. It's um, not out of shape. It has been twenty four episodes. It's been a while. <laughs> Might be. No, it's it's not. It's it's honestly not years when I lock us out of the house. For three hours.
1: That sucked. That was just a shitty week, and that was just the icing on the fucking cake. It really was.
0: This <laughs> diarrhea. Icing it was literally on a like sandwich. You
1: couldn't get in, and I was like, "Well, yeah, that makes sense. It's a shitty week. <laughs> Let's just top this off with getting locked out of the house. I can't feel my toes. Couldn't feel my toesies." You know, you know what though? I slept like a fucking baby that night.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I bet that weed helped. We were smoking Gorilla Glue last week. <laughs> that was the strain of choice. Wow, the candlelight is so. Or the when you lit that, that was such a cool. Are you afraid of the dark atmosphere we were in? Um. So what? You remembered the hook the minute you started it. That's, oh yeah. That's a pretty go-to campfire story.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. What's next?
1: This could also be the hook.
0: Yeah, that was a hanger. <laughs> I am going to read The White Satin Evening Gown Or let me see if uh, Let me see if I remember this one correctly A young man invited a young woman Let me start that over again <laughs> Oh, I also wanted to remark on uh, How you can hear the wind outside And how today uh, There was a blizzard that Pretty much gave us overcast and rain clouds all day and like sixty miles per hour all wind. snow sucked, and the wind is intense. So it is. It is a particular. Like down, down, it is a particularly spoopy night.
1: Yeah, down power lines everywhere, uh, down trees, trees everywhere.
0: Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. us start this over again. The white satin evening gown. A young man invited a young woman to a formal dance, but she was very poor. She could not afford to buy the evening gown she needed for such an occasion, so she sold herself on the street. Oh, don't
1: say that.
0: That is what happened back then, so like. I know. Maybe you can rent a dress, her mother said. So she went to a pawn shop not far from where she lived. There she found a white satin evening gown in her size. She looked lovely in it and she was able to rent it for very little. Oh, good for her. When she arrived at the dance with her friend, she was so attractive. Everyone wanted to meet her. She danced again and again and was having a wonderful time. But then she began to feel dizzy and faint, and she asked her friend to take her home. I think
1: I have danced too much, she told him. Just like Disco Dracula.
0: Yeah, quite. 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 When she got home, she lay down on her bed. The next morning, her mother found that her daughter had died. Oh my god. The doctor did not understand what had caused her death. So he had the coroner perform an autopsy. The coroner found that she had been poisoned by embalming fluid. It had stopped her blood from flowing. There were traces of the fluid on her dress. She decided it had entered her skin when she perspired while... She was dancing.
1: Oh my god! So So she really the pawnbroker
0: said he bought the dress from an undertaker's helper. It had been used in a funeral for another young woman, and the helper had stolen it just before she was buried.
1: Holy shit! That's intense. You get another classic. High beams. I feel like I remember this one. High beams is a fucking classic. That store or that uh, illustration looked very, very. We read high beams.
0: The uh, creepypasta version in episode 32, and I believe it's Terry the Tickler. But
1: anyway, hi Beams. Hi Beams. The girl driving <clears throat> the old blue sedan was a senior at the high school. She lived on a farm about eight miles away and used the car to drive back and forth. She had driven into town that night to see a basketball game, now she was on her way home. As she pulled away from the school, she noticed a red pickup truck follow her out of the parking lot. A few minutes later, the truck was still behind her. I guess we're going in the same direction, she thought. She began to watch the truck in her mirror. When she changed her speed, the driver of the truck changed his speed. When she passed a car, so did he. Then he turned on his high beams, flooding her car with light. He left them on for almost a minute. He probably wants to pass me, she thought, but she was becoming uneasy. Usually she drove home over a back road. Not too many people went that way, but when she turned onto that road, so did the truck. I've gotta get away from him, she thought. So she began to drive faster. Then he turned his high beams on again. After a minute, he turned them off. Then he turned them on again and off again. I remember the story. Only now. Yeah, I, I, yeah. She drove even faster, but the truck driver stayed right behind her. Then he turned on his high beams on again. Once more, her car was ablaze with light. What is he doing? She wondered. What does he want? Then he turned them off again. But a minute later, he had them on again, and he left them on. At last, she pulled into her driveway, and the truck pulled in right behind her. She jumped from the car and ran to the house. Call the police! She screamed at her father. Out in the driveway, she could see the driver of the truck. He had a gun in his hand. When the police arrived, they started to arrest him, but he pointed to the girl's car. You don't want me, he said, you want him. Crouched behind the driver's seat, there was a man with a knife. As the driver of the truck explained it, the man slipped into the girl's car just before she left the school. He saw it happen, but there was no way he could stop it. He thought about getting the police, but he was afraid to leave her, so he followed the car. Each time the man in the back seat reached up to overpower her, the driver of the truck turned on his high beams. Then the man dropped down, afraid that someone might see him. Goddamn terrifying.
0: That story, ever since I was a child, is a reason I checked back seats before I drive a car.
1: Same fucking here, dude. That and,
0: um, Zombieland. I think ever since Zombieland, I decided that, like, I would fail step two, so I'd have to make sure that, like, all my other steps are intact. Mm -hmm. Step two is cardio. (laughs) <laughs> anyway
1: You're getting there I am getting there
0: Oh, Ooh, this is a good one This is one of my favorites This is the babysitter It was 9 o'clock in the evening Everybody was sitting on the couch In front of the TV There was Dick Brian, Jenny And Doreen, the babysitter The telephone rang That's the end of the story Maybe it's your mother, said Doreen. Fuck off, Doreen, said everyone else. (laughs) She picked up the phone. Before she could say a word, a man laughed hysterically and hung up.
1: (laughs) Who was it? Asked Dick.
0: Some nut,
1: said Doreen. Oh yeah, get that nut.
0: (laughs) What did I miss? At 9.30, the telephone rang again. Doreen answered it. It was the man who called before. I'll be there soon, he said, and he laughed and hung up. <laughs> who was it? The children asked. Some crazy person, she said. About 10 o'clock, the phone rang again. Jenny got to it first. Hello, she said. It was the same man. One more hour, he said, and he laughed and hung up. <laughs> He said one more hour What did that mean? Asked Jenny Don't worry, said Doreen It's somebody fooling around I'm scared, said Jenny About 10.30 the telephone rang once more When Doreen picked up The man said, pretty soon now And he laughed why are you doing this doreen screamed why are you doing this and he hung up (laughs) fuck you (laughs) (laughs) was it that guy again Asked brian yeah said doreen i'm going to call the operator and complain the operator told her to call back again if it happened and she would try to trace the call at 11 o'clock The telephone rang again. Doreen answered it. Very soon now, the man said and he laughed and hung up. (laughs) Doreen called the operator. Almost at once, she called back. That person is calling from a telephone upstairs. You better leave, I'll get the police. I mean, she wouldn't know.
1: Where, where
0: in the house no. I always thought the calls coming from inside the house Was from this story and not from The movie
1: What a Stranger Calls
0: Yes Just then A door upstairs opened A man they had never seen before Started down the stairs towards them As they ran from the house He was smiling In a very strange way A few minutes later The police found him there and arrested him. Well, what happened in those few minutes? Did he just kind of talk to them?
1: Hello? They were probably just running.
0: I told you. Now we can start our interview. That's it. Oh, we got more stories.
1: No, I mean, like, that's a first story. That was
0: the end of that. We're back at... Ah! Ah! So, um, I hope people are ready for that. It's another section with surprise endings.
1: Oh, boy.
0: This chapter has the same title as the first chapter, but the stories in the first chapter... Mm, never mind. ...are meant to scare you. The ones in this chapter are meant to make you laugh.
1: Oh, hot dog! Oh. <laughs> what a fucking guy. <laughs> what a guy. Poop Look yourself, now pissing yourself Look at that guy. They Smiling Joe. Viper. I think he's called Smiling Joe. A widow lived alone on the top floor of an apartment house. One morning her telephone rang. Hello? She said. This is the Viper, a man said, I'm coming up. S- somebody's fooling around, she thought, and hung up. Half hour later the telephone rang again. It was the same man. It's the Viper, he said. I'll be up soon. <laughs> viper sounds like a cool dude. Yeah. Is he? What's he bringing me? Dude, a Viper. The, yeah. the widow didn't know what to think, but she was getting frightened. Once more the telephone rang again. It was the Viper. I'm coming up now. He said she quickly <laughs> called the police They said they would be right over When the doorbell rang. She sighed with a relief. They are here. She thought but then When she opened the door there stood a little old man with a bucket and a cloth. I am the Viper. He said I to wash and wipe the windows
0: Got him. He was the Viper. This next one is called The Attic. (coughs) A man named Rupert lived with his dog in a house deep in the woods. Rupert was a hunter and a trapper. The dog was a big German Shepherd named Sam. Rupert had raised Sam from a pup. Almost every morning Rupert went hunting and Sam stayed behind and guarded the house. One morning, as Rupert was checking his traps, he got the feeling that something was wrong at home. He hurried back as fast as he could, but when he got there, he found that Sam was missing. He searched the house and the woods nearby, but Sam was nowhere to be seen. He called and he called, but the dog did not answer. For days, Rupert looked for Sam, but he could find no trace of him. Finally, he gave up and went back to his work. But one morning, he heard something moving in the attic. He picked up his gun. Then he thought, I'd better be quiet about this. So he took off his boots, and in his bare feet, he began to climb the attic stairs. He slowly took one step, then another, then another, until at last, he reached the attic door. He stood outside, listening. But he didn't hear a thing. Then he opened the door and. Ah! At this point, the storyteller stops as if he was finished. Then, usually, somebody will ask, Why did Rupert scream? The storyteller replies, You'd scream too if you stepped on a nail in your bare feet. And then everyone crucified him. <laughs> That was the story of why Jesus was killed. You actually startled me with that scream.
1: Yeah, man. Like We're gonna kind of scream in
0: each other's faces when it when it says I in all caps. My heart is
1: uh. Ooh, you yes. get to read the slithery D. My heart is beating really quick right now. Yeah, man. <laughs> leave, leave, leave me. Go. I thought that was where the wild
0: things are at first. This is fun.
1: Here it is, slithery D. I'm not rhyming this. Well, I'm not no, rapping but this.
0: You are a slithery D. You are Disco D, the slitheriest. The
1: slithery of D's. (laughs) The slithery D, he came out of the sea. He ate all the others, but he didn't eat me. The slithery D, he came out of the sea. He ate all the others, but he didn't eat (laughs) slurp.
0: such a fun little story that you told there. (laughs) That was good. How that dead man danced! <laughs> what?!
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> what?! It's <laughs> just a picture?! Oh, well that was my story. <laughs> That's your story! Anyway, here's Aaron Kelly's bones. No, that's yours. I'm
1: not, gonna, I'm not gonna make that your story.
0: How that dead man danced. The end. And there's like an illustration of like a dude just boop, boop, boop,
1: boop, boop. But he's missing an arm. His arm, oh, fell, his like arm off. fell off. Yeah. And his he got big old toes. His ankles are broken. Oh, look at that size of that toe. Go back up. Look at that size of that toe. Is that whole thing? I
0: think it's coming off. Whatever, man. What the toe. Aaron Kelly's bones. Aaron Kelly was dead. They bought him a coffin and had a funeral and buried him. But that night, he got out of his coffin and he came home. His family was sitting around the fire when he walked in. He sat down next to his widow and he said, What's going on? Y'all act like somebody died. Who's dead? His widow said, You are. I'll feel dead, he said. I feel fine. You don't look fine. His widow said, you look dead. You'd better get back to the grave where you belong. I'm not going back to the grave until I feel dead, he said. Since Aaron wouldn't go back, his widow couldn't collect his life insurance. Without that, she couldn't pay for the coffin. And the undertaker said he would take it back. Aaron didn't care. He just sat by the fire, rocking in a chair and warming his hands and feet. But his joints were dry, and his back was stiff, and every time he moved, he creaked and cracked. One night, the best fiddler in town came to court, the widow. Since Aaron was dead, the fiddler wanted to marry her. The two of them sat on one side of the fire, and Aaron sat on the other side, creaking and cracking. "'How long do we have to put up with this dead corpse?' the widow asked. "'Something must be done,' the fiddler said. "'This isn't very jolly,' Aaron said." Let's dance. (laughs) And that's what the illustration is from. The fiddler got out his fiddle and began to play. Aaron stretched himself, shook himself, got up, took a step or two, and began to dance. With his old bones rattling and his yellow teeth snapping and his bald head wagging and his arms flip flopping around, and around he went. With his long legs clicking and his knee bows knocking, his skipped and pranced around the room. How that dead man danced! But pretty soon, a bone worked loose and he fell to the floor. Look at that, said the fiddler. Play faster, said the widow. The fiddler played faster. Crickety crack, down and back. Dead man went hopping, and his dry bones kept (laughs) wrapping. This way, that way, the pieces just kept popping. Oh my god. Play, man, play, cried the widow. The fiddler fiddled, and dead Aaron danced. Then Aaron fell apart, collapsed into a pile of bones, all except his bald headbone that grinned at the fiddler, cracked its teeth, and kept dancing.
1: Just head, fucking flopping around.
0: Look at that! Groaned the fiddler. Play louder! Cried the widow. Ho ho! Said the headbone. Ain't we having fun? The fiddler couldn't stand it. Widow, he said, I'm going home, and he never came back. The family gathered up Aaron's bones, put them back in the coffin. They mixed them up so he couldn't fit them together. (laughs) After that, Aaron stayed in his grave, but his widow never did get married again. Aaron had seen to that. The guy simply did not come back the next day. Aw, damn, you get to read Wait Till Martin comes. You can read this if you want. I love this story. You can read it. This is a fun one.
1: Already, who knows uh, this
0: one? I think Frowns does. If you, do, if you weren't the one who brought this up, then it had to have been Frowns. Wait till Martin comes. You have to know this story. I do know
1: this. You do? It um, was you who um, brought this up. I think, it, I, it sound, I think you brought it up to me. An
0: old man was out for a walk when a storm came up. He looked for a place to take shelter. Soon he came to an old house. He ran up on the porch and knocked on the door, but nobody answered. By now, rain was pouring down, thunder was booming, and lightning was flashing. So he tried the door. When he found it was unlocked, he went inside. Except for a pile of wooden boxes, the house was empty. He broke up some of the boxes and made a fire with them then he sat down in front of the fire and dried himself it was so warm and cozy that he fell asleep when he woke up a black cat was sitting near the fire it stared at him for a while then it purred that's a nice cat he thought and he dozed off again when he opened his eyes There was a second cat in the room, but this one was as big as a wolf. It looked at him very closely, and it asked, Shall we do it now? No, said the other cat. Let's wait till Martin comes. I must be dreaming, thought the old man. He closed his eyes again, then he took another look, but now There was a third cat in the room Mm -hmm. and this one was as big as a tiger it looked the old man over and it asked shall we do it now no said the others let's wait till Martin comes the old man jumped up jumped out the window and started running (laughs) when Martin comes you tell him I couldn't wait he called Oh. Well, that's it. I, th- I remember it ending differently.
1: I thought it ended differently, too. I thought mine was like a small cat or a mouse or something. Yeah. This is why I let you read that one, because I wanted to read the Ghost with the wanted, Bloody Fingers. you wanted to finish
0: it off. Yeah. You like this one. I do like this one. It's so uh, fucking dumb. This one you remembered, you said. Or okay. Vaguely. The Ghost with the
1: Bloody Fingers. A businessman arrived at the hotel late one night and asked for a room. The room, clerk, oh my God, the room clerk told him the hotel was all filled up. There was only one empty room, he said, but we don't rent that one because it is haunted. I'll take it, said the businessman. I don't believe in ghosts. The man went up to the room, he unpacked his things, and he went to bed. As soon as he did, a ghost came out of the closet. Its fingers were bleeding, and it was moaning, bloody fingers, bloody fingers. When the man saw a ghost, he grabbed his things and ran. The next night a woman arrived very late again all the rooms were taken except the haunted room i'll sleep there she said i'm not afraid of ghosts soon as she got into bed the ghost came out of the closet its fingers still were bleeding it still was moaning bloody fingers bloody fingers and the woman took one look and ran a week later another guest arrived very late he also took the haunted room after he unpacked he got out his guitar and he began to play Soon the ghost appeared. As before, its fingers were bleeding, and it was moaning. Bloody fingers, bloody fingers. The man paid no attention. He just kept strumming his guitar. But the ghost kept moaning, and its fingers kept bleeding. Finally, the guitar player looked up. Cool it, man! He said. Get yourself a band-aid! <laughs> yeah! <laughs> That's the end of the fucking book. Yeah! That's fun. Get yourself a band-aid, man. I just spit on your arm, band-aid. I think.
0: Get yourself a fucking band-aid. Yeah. Wise words. Get yourself Wise Wiser words band-aid. have never been spoken. <clears throat> um, so now we're going to switch gears just because I I, I want to. I want to continue this. Uh-huh. I want to give you a, a longer episode. We only have a couple things to read. Look at all the fucking stories. I <sighs> Anyway, bloody fingers.
1: Bloody fingers. Bloody, bloody fingers.
0: fingers. I'm gonna start by reading something called "The Day I Started Believing in Ghosts." We're gonna um, we're gonna switch gears. We're gonna read ghost stories. Why do you do this to me? <laughs> I don't like. I this. knew you wouldn't want to read. Why them can't dark, we just play Mario Party now? Alone in my basement. Because we. We, we can we can read more ghost stories. I only have a couple of them. We'll get through
1: them nice and quick. How many are a couple? I think four. That's not a couple. That's a few, asshole. It's less than 20 pages.
0: Which means it's like a half hour.
1: Our family home is famously haunted. Oh, boy. By famously, I mean it's mentioned in the town's historical records and kids under a certain age won't ring the doorbell on Halloween. That kind of thing. I'm 24, and I've lived here all my life, aside from college. Over the course of those years, I'd never seen anything out of the ordinary. My mom lived here for almost 70, though, and dad for 50, and they claim they saw actual ghosts many times. Their parents, too, and so on. The house was built in 1729, like most houses nearing their 300th birthday. It's had its share of problems. Still does. Obviously, it's undergone a ton of maintenance over the course of its life, but it was always patch-ups rather than overhauls. Therefore, it's drafty. Everything sags. The electrical system is awful. The plumbing system is even worse. To top it off, all those things make some type of noise: whistling, creaking, humming, groaning, etc. Oh, good to so like your basement. To a supersti- superstitious, oh my God, superstitious person, it would be easy for them to associate any number of those things with the paranormal. Members of my family, for example, simply think all those natural explanations aren't good enough. Unlike most hauntings, the ghost we have isn't a single reoccurring entity. The best mom was able to explain from what she'd seen was this. She'd be doing stuff around the house and something would catch her eye. She'd turn and look and there'd be the ghostly image of someone who used to live in the house. Sometimes she knew who it was, sometimes she didn't. They'd be going about their daily routines entirely oblivious to the fact that mom was watching. One time, when mom was getting out of the shower, she saw the ghost of her grandfather sitting on the toilet reading the newspaper while her grandmother brushed her teeth. The moment she yelped with surprise, they disappeared. I was home during my summer break after my first year in college when dad died. It was as devastating to mom and me as anyone would expect. After I returned to school, I started getting emails from mom talking about how she'd seen dad around the house. All the sightings were in line with the kind of things she told me about in the past, but I started to worry about the frequency of the reports from her. She was claiming to see him a couple of times a week. Before his death, they'd only seen previous residents of the house once every few years. To make matters worse, it seemed like he was scaring her. Over Christmas break, I convinced her to see a therapist. She began having weekly sessions, which did very little to help with her stress. Her sightings of dad occurred as frequently as ever. This went on for years. Holy shit, that's nuts. Following graduation, I moved back home. I got a job at a local accounting firm and started paying off my student loans. Living rent-free with mom was going to make that process go by much faster. I had another reason for living there, too. Mom's health was in decline. She'd get sick often and spend most of her time wandering aimlessly around the house or sitting in dad's old recliner, watching television. I worried about her being alone, so when I wasn't at work, I made it a point to stay at home. I figured it was the least I could do. That said, I didn't want to spend all my time sitting around. I figured since I'd be inheriting the house at some point, I could get some work done to make it feel a little less, well, ancient. There was plenty of old stuff in rooms no one visited that could be brought up to the attic and potentially sold, so I took my time after work and on weekends to deal with it. I hauled lamps and record players and shoeboxes filled with nip-na- knick-knacks up the narrow steps. Knick-knacks. <laughs> Ever since I was old enough to climb the stairs to reach the attic, I'd hated it. It was always hot and stuffy and incredibly dusty, and now that I was filling it with more and more junk, the stuffiness only intensified. It was like my old attic. Great, I like so, the way yeah. this is going. So, yeah. I've been claustrophobic for as long as I could remember. No one else in the family suffered from it, so it appeared to be my own special cross to bear. I did my best to ignore it during my frequent trips up there to drop stuff off, but I'd be lying if I said I didn't go as fast as I could to get back down the steps to the cool and spacious second floor. On the morning of Mom's 70th birthday, I got up early to make her breakfast in bed. French toast, fried eggs, and spicy sausage. I tiptoed up the stairs with the tray, carefully opened the door, and walked in. This is when, like, the ghost dad is just banging the fucking mom. <laughs> Happy birthday hey, to was She was staring at just his mom, like, going to town with a vibrator. She was staring at the ceiling with a look of terror on her face. Her breathing was labored. I left the tray on the dresser and rushed over, asking her what was wrong. She didn't answer. Her wide eyes locked on mine. I reached in my pocket for my phone to call 911. She grabbed my arm in a grip tighter than I thought her frail body could produce. Jeanette, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry, please. I had no idea what she was talking about. I stretched my other arm to get my phone from my jeans pocket, but Mom grabbed that one too. I struggled to get loose while asking over and over what happened and what was wrong. She kept talking over me. We need money. He he made me, Jeanette. The grip on my arms loosened and Mom's labored breathing slowed, then stopped. I finally dialed nine one one, but it was too late. I checked her pulse, nothing. I confirmed what I knew was a useless attempt at CPR. Gross. I stared at her. I stared at her and cried until the ambulance arrived. It's like it's not bad enough that your mom just died in front of you, but like you had to make out. <laughs> Tongue at all? I went through the funeral. It's like he said, he checked the pulse. Like what? Listen, you try. <laughs> I went through the funeral pre- funeral preparations service and burial oh my god I went through the funeral oh my fucking god I cannot say funeral Funeral. I went through the funeral preparations service and burial in a fog of misery and confusion months went by and while my mourning period had tapered off what mom told me as she died hung like a low cloud over my day to day activities even though I started therapy to help cope with everything I was dealing with those few sentences that plagued me I'd sit in a house alone while the words danced in my head. I realized I had to move away. I had to sell the house and go away if I wanted to get the closure I so desperately needed. All the stuff I'd brought to the attic needed to go. When Mom was alive, I kept it because I thought we could have a tag sale at some point, and she could tell me what to sell and what should be kept for sentimental purposes. Nothing had sentiment. my it. it all had to go. I rented a dumpster and had it delivered in the front yard, and I got to work bringing it all down. It was unbearably hot August. The attic must have been 120 degrees and the process of moving all the jump was kicking up a lot of dust. I cursed myself for not having a mask or anything, but I was on, on but I was on autopilot to get it all down and out as quickly as possible. I ignored my claustrophobia as best as I could, and in the space of three days got the vast majority of the stuff from the attic into the dumpster. Around noon on the fourth day, sweat was pouring down my dusty, filthy body as I worked to take the last few boxes out. I got into old stuff that had been there for as long as I could remember, lots of dad's winter clothes and high school yearbooks and stuff. It was by far the dustiest part of the attic. My chest burned and clumps of fuzz floated through the air like volcanic ash. I became acutely aware of my breathing and started to feel dizzy. I felt consumed by the dry heat and could swear the room was getting smaller as I stumbled toward the last of the boxes. I lost my footing and fell face first into a pile of boxes in the corner. They crashed to the floor, and one split open, spilling its contents. My head hit the ground, and I gasped, gulping dust into my throat. I coughed and hacked up gobs of dust-loaded snot. Mm. Gross. The walls felt like they were squeezing my shoulders, and I felt the ceiling, despite being six feet above my head, pushing me into the dusty floor. Something flashed in the corner of my eye. I whirled around and thick string of saliva hanging from <laughs> my lips, whipping around and slapping the side of my face. The ghostly figure of a woman stood in the middle of the room with a camcorder on her shoulder. It looked like she was crying. I shrieked and scrambled like a crab to get away. The figure didn't respond to my noise and movements, it just kept sobbing and pointing at the camcorder. I realized it was my young mother. While the walls and ceiling spun ever closer to me and dust filled my tongue and back of my throat, I turned around and looked in the direction the camera was courting. My young father was lying on his belly on the filthy floor, pinned underneath him open mouth struggling with all her might and gasping lungful after lungful of dust was a girl no older than four. Oh my god I blinked three times in rapid succession and disbelief horror and revulsion swept through me the images disappeared in their place were the contents of the box that split open VHS tapes and a broken camcorder fucking F- painful holy that shit hurt. That hurt.
0: And you know what? I didn't say what source it was from. It's from Unsettling Stories. No no fucking, like, no shit that one hurt. Because they always hurt. Their stories are painful. But I loved it. I thought it was great. Oh my god. Oh god. This one I thought you would like because it's a pretty cool title. I once asked a famous ghost hunter what his scariest moment was. And this was his story here on Ghost Hunters. (laughs) Anyway, back when I was in college, the Student Campus Activity Council hired a famous ghost hunter to come speak at our school. I've always loved the paranormal. So I left my skeptical boyfriend behind in his dorm and hightailed it over to the auditorium. The ghost hunter was someone I'd never heard of. But he had an impressive background and seemed to have several things in the works at the time. This was in 2005. I think he actually might have a TV show now. He was a man of small stature with a little white professor's beard and a receding hairline, but the way he spoke about the afterlife was fascinating. You could tell he truly believed what he claimed to see. Either that or his he hell of a salesman. He had us hanging on every word. We watched some interesting video clips of his investigations. He had a nice collection of photos and scary stories to go with them. I remember one about a haunted doll that he said moved freely around the room of the other person who had picked it up at a flea market, just not when anyone was around to witness it. Sounds like bullshit. Towards the end, he opened up the floor for questions. There were your typical dumbass college kid questions. Have you ever seen someone's head spin around? Like the Exorcist? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Stuff like that. And a few that were actually pretty interesting. I decided I wasn't going to let this opportunity to speak to someone so apparently revered in the field of the supernatural slip away, so I raised my hand. Ghost Hunter spotted me, pointed, and smiled. Yes. You. The girl in the white shirt. Yeah, hi, I said. And I know I sounded nervous, because I felt so dumb for sounding so nervous. I was just wondering what's the scariest thing you can remember from your career as a ghost hunter i was halfway back in the auditorium quite a distance from the stage but i saw his face fall i know i did well he said forcing a tight little laugh it was forced i know it was there are so many scary moments to recall they tend to pop up quite often when you're in my line of work This got a little chuckle from the audience. I suddenly felt pretty stupid for asking the question at all. He proceeded to tell some story about tracking a poltergeist in an abandoned elementary school and his flashlight family. (laughs) I remember because it really wasn't very scary. At least it didn't seem that way for someone who hunts ghosts for a living. He moved on from the story and answered a few more questions. He didn't look my way again. When it was over and everyone started to leave, I decided not... To get stuck in the crush of students leaving through the front door, feeling somewhat dejected, like I had done something wrong, I slipped out quietly at the theater and headed for my dorm. The ghost hunter was sitting outside on a bench near the bike rack, smoking a cigarette. I ducked my head and tried to get by without him noticing. Hey, kid. He took another drag and crushed the cigarette out on the cement bench beside him. "'Listen, I'm sorry,' I remember blurting, feeling like a stupid little girl. "'I know my question was dumb. I wasn't trying to make fun of you or anything.' He shook his head. He brushed the ashes off the bench. He patted the space beside him, inviting me to sit. I hesitated. This could definitely be a case of stranger danger, just like they taught in the intro to university classes. Then sat down. Keeping a healthy distance between us, he was old, I was young, I could probably outrun the guy, or who knows, maybe I was just as stupid as I felt. I didn't tell the truth.' the ghost hunter said. His face looked much older, close up, the wrinkles deeper, the confident salesman aura had faded from him, leaving behind a man in his 60s who had clearly seen a lot of things. That story I told, it it wasn't the scariest moment of my career. I know, I remember saying. He nodded as though he had known I knew. This is the scariest moment of my career. He said, And this is what he told me it was the 1970s I was a much younger man I hadn't reached success in the paranormal industry quite yet and was left to pick up the scraps that the pros didn't want usually they were schizophrenics whose broken minds tricked them into believing there were phantoms after them or children playing pranks on gullible and concerned members of the neighborhood if anything it was a simple cleansing of the home with sage and off I went When I first got the call, I was ecstatic. What the client was describing appeared to be a full-blown demonic haunting, complete with physical manifestations, possession, and multiple witnesses. It was the break I was searching for. It was the break I needed. The only detail that truly worried me was their teenage son. The person they claimed to be suffering from possession had become violent with members of his family. Up until recently, he'd only acted out of character, moody. However, a week prior, he had tried to rape his older female cousin. <laughs> Escalated. Escalated very quickly. She was shaken, but mostly unharmed. Okay. The family sent her to live elsewhere until yeah. it could all be figured out. Therefore, when I headed out to their home, I made sure to arrive fully prepared. I brought holy water, crucifixes, sage, and, just for good measure, a small loaded handgun. I knew it wouldn't come to that, but something about the mother's frantic tone over the phone told me it was just a good idea. I wish I could say the visit itself was exciting. Unfortunately, from the moment I pulled into the driveway of the beautiful, remodeled Victorian, all activity seemed to stop. That is, if it was ever there to begin with. I spent two weeks investigating the home. I used equipment considered very technologically advanced for the era. I studied energy waves. I interviewed the son whose family claimed to be possessed when in fact he just seemed to be depressed, perhaps psychologically disturbed. I recommended a therapist, a renowned child psychologist who was famous for his work with violent young men. On my last day in the house, they took him into the city for treatment. His parents returned shortly before midnight, retiring warily to their bedroom, leaving me alone in the kitchen to go over my findings. There was nothing to be said, and I knew it. Everything they described could be written off to the hysterics of a family who couldn't admit their son was in desperate need of medical attention. Everything that is, except for the drains in the floor. Upon touring the home, I was impressed with how up-to-date it had been. It was clearly from the early 1900s and kept in immaculate condition. The woodwork and character of the house was carefully preserved, as if it was given necessary updates like modern plumbing and electricity. The basement was the only area that seemed stuck in time. Of course. The walls were a clammy stone that was prone to gathering moisture, leaving it unfit to store anything vulnerable to spiders or mold. The family had left it empty for this reason, and while it certainly felt very spooky to spend any amount of time in the windowless room with a single hanging light in its vast cement floors, I never recorded anything of note in this area. However, there was one thing I couldn't understand. Given the approximate time the home had been built and its presence in the residential neighborhood, there was simply no accounting for the four large slotted drains set in the cold concrete floor. As I sat alone in the kitchen, poring over my meager findings, trying to find meaning in all these words, I heard something. It was only a little sound at first, and so I ignored it, but then it came again, louder this time. There was a steep spiral staircase that led to the second floor, winding up from the corner of the small kitchen, and it was where the noise seemed to be coming from. Assuming it was simply one of the homeowners restless after dropping their son off in an institution, I glanced up. It was coming down the stairs. I can't say walking, because that wasn't the case. It was just... Floating isn't even the right word just coming coming down the stairs straight at me it had no eyes it had no face and yet somehow i knew it was looking at me right at me into the very depths of my soul and then it spoke i'm not sure how it spoke i don't think i actually heard anything so perhaps it used some sort of telepathy either way i can recall the words to this very day you know what he did to us i didn't think i couldn't I just ran i abandoned my chair when i fled scattering papers across the kitchen that claimed this house wasn't really haunted it was all the hallucinations of a very sick boy i left them there do you know how awful that is i left those people in that house with that thing i didn't stop driving for 30 miles for god's sake when i realized how far i'd gone i finally pulled over and called the family from a payphone They were the furthest thing from my mind when i saw it all i could do was respond to the deep animal instinct to escape to run out of that supposedly safe house with the tail between my legs they moved i think i was unable to continue my investigation in writing i cited insufficient evidence but i knew it was cowardice i believe the house was leveled a few years later i ended up doing my own research curiosity ate away at me With vicious little rat teeth, as time went by, the accusations still ringing fresh in my ears, you know what he did to us. And eventually, yes, I did. Old newspaper clippings didn't tie the stories together, not necessarily, but I was able to piece something together out of the yellowed excerpts. At some point around the turn of the century, the house had been residence to a well-respected mortician. Unable to find a building in town to suit his needs, he said, he built his own home office space. It was a grand feat of architecture and a shining example of a true entrepreneur, a man pursuing the American dream of running his own business. Upstairs, the bedroom, mid-level, the funeral home, in the basement, a mortuary. I knew what the drains were for. Separately, decades later, another well-respected member of the local community was arrested under the suspicion of abuse of his professional position with moral cause. The newspaper didn't elaborate, probably due to the sensitive nature of the crimes, but his punishment was minor. After a brief stay in the local jail, the perpetrator stripped his home of all its value and left town before trial never to be seen again. It didn't take much to guess the connection. I suppose I don't know for sure, but the words of that thing still echo through my head. To this day, you know what he did to us. There was a reason that Mortician felt such a strong desire to build a house that contained his business, to suit his needs. The things that were done to those bodies in that basement were unspeakable, but yes, I know. I know what he did to them. And it's because of this, coming face to face with the true nature of man in its darkest places, that the encounter with the faceless thing and its... scariest moment of my career because now i know i still remember his expression the way all the color dropped out of him as he went on the white hair of his beard barely distinguishable from his pale skin the slump of his shoulders the way his voice shook i apologized he waved me off he left i felt terrible i still feel terrible for making him relive that moment But as I grew up, as campus activities were replaced with bills in my own career, the ghost hunter fell from the forefront of my mind little by little. Until last week, when I moved in with my fiancé, when I took the boxes into the basement despite his warnings of spiders and mold. Because there's a large, slotted drain in the center of the room. And I am so worried, so scared, about what I might know. That's crazy. Hey, Hey, that's fun. That's a good one. That was fun.
1: Yeah, I like that.
0: Alright, so this is gonna be your last story then. This is the little ghost. I think all four of these are from Unsettling Stories.
1: Great, good. I'm glad. Just so dead inside. (laughs) When the little ghost first started coming to me, he whispered nice little things that made me feel good. You have pretty hands. I love how you do your nails. How did you get your skin to be so smooth? He stayed with me all day and all night. As the days went by, though, I must have done something to make the ghost angry. Instead of mawkish pleasantries, the messages grew negative. I've seen other girls with prettier hands. What happened to your nails? I'm sorry your skin looks so dry nowadays. This is just going to be a depression thing about teenagers. (laughs) Probably. I started to get upset. I'd grown fond of the little ghost. Since he'd always been so positive, it was comforting. But once he started to get mean, I wondered what I'd done wrong. I didn't want my ghost to feel like I'd disappointed him. One night, as I was getting ready for bed, I saw the ghost in the mirror. He looked up to me. He looked up at me as I brushed my teeth and said, with sadness in his voice, "Your cuticles are so ragged and ugly." I looked down at my hands. He was right. I hadn't been taking care of them at all since I started that art class. Bits of skin and hangnails sprouted from each cuticle. They were red and angry. Can you get rid of them for me? The ghost sounded so hopeful. I couldn't bear to make him feel like I wasn't the good person he initially believed me to be. What if he left? Grabbed the corner of a thick hangnail on the side of my left middle finger. I started to pull backward. It hurt terribly. The ghost, his eyes brimming with hope, told me I was doing such a great job. Even through the pain of what I was doing, I was overwhelmed by relief. I was finally doing something right. I kept working on the hangnail. After a little while, while, I pulled a thin strip from the side of my finger, up my hand, and across my arm to the inside of my elbow. It stung terribly, but as tears of joy flooded from the ghost's eyes, I started to wonder if things were getting back to normal. "Your, Your hand is looking a tiny bit better, the ghost informed me. Maybe someday you can be pretty again. I spent the next hour tearing the skin and nails from my fingers, even though they bled and I thought they looked terrible. The ghost smiled and assured me I had the hands of a beautiful angel. Through my tears, I smiled. As the days went by, I did what I could to make the ghost happy. Sometimes he'd get in a bad mood. Just the other night, he told me the skin on my lips was ugly and chapped. I pulled the chapped skin away. Some of it went pretty far up my cheeks before it tore. But it was okay. The ghost talked on and on about how kissable I'd become. (laughs) My parents arrived at my apartment this morning. They hadn't said they were coming, but it was a nice surprise. I'd been a while, It'd been a while but when they saw my face and my hands, they were horrified. My mom sighed, What happened to your beautiful face? <laughs> my dad almost at the same time exclaimed, Oh my god, your hands are ruined! Tears started to leak from my eyes. Off in the corner, my ghost sighed, They're the ones who makes us so sad, aren't they? I agreed. Ten minutes later, as I worked to saw their bodies into small parts, I asked the ghost if he'd be happier now that they weren't around. No answer. I turned around to see if he was listening. The little ghost was gone. <laughs> this bitch just killed her fucking parents. <laughs> see, see, body mutilation on the
0: scale of like Black Swan or the degloving in uh, Gerald's game really skeeves me the fuck out. Oh, no, I'm I, fine with it. I don't like that How about all. How about Antichrist?
1: Oh, I didn't like that either. Scissors scissors to the clit. Ew. Rock to the dick. Yeah, I like the rock to the dick part. Rock to the dick, scissors to the clit, come blood. This is going to be the last story. <laughs> this is called We're All Smiling. Yeah, sure we are, sure we are. Mario Party soon. <sighs> yeah, man. Oh, you're funny. The
0: overly wide grinning mouth is a horror cliche. It's a trope albeit a successful one that's wormed its way into scary stories from around the world. So ubiquitous is its inclusion that it's taken on a legendary status. It feels like something that's always been around to scare people, right? In 1844, one of the first serial killers in Connecticut began a rampage. Little was known about the killers, save for the signature technique of disfiguration. While the victims were alive, they were amputated their cheeks. When the bodies were eventually found, their toothy, skeletal smiles became fodder for nightmares, rumors, and legends. The killer was never captured. Starting in 2012, local Connecticut message boards and forums started to feature messages and questions about the ghosts. There's a town in Connecticut called Monroe. It is infested with hauntings. Two cemeteries, Union and Sepme are sites where ghosts can be found wandering between headstones and sometimes out into the road. In November 2012, there was an enormous uptick in the number of sightings, which precipitated the message board posts. Those who saw the ghosts began having nightmares. Those who read about the ghosts began having nightmares. The nightmares themselves were unique, save for one shared feature. They ended with the dreamer thinking they woke up Then seeing a white ghostly woman with devastating facial disfigurements crouching on their chests. She'll stare at them and trace her fingertips across their faces as she grins with her hideous wide smile. See,
1: she's just pooping on their chest. Oh, that's um, a Cleveland Cleveland steamer. steamer. Cleveland steamer.
0: It's not unusual for cultural events to shape the content of dreams. Following the release of the movie The Exorcist, it was widely reported that people were having dreams about demonic possession. These reports of the ghostly woman are likely tied to the prevalence of the scary stories I mentioned above, along with the sightings of so called ghosts. I believed that for a little while. Then I started having the dreams. My kids and wife did too. Each night, I'd watch, paralyzed, as the woman sat on my chest and touched my face. I'd wake from the nightmare, sweating and experiencing pain in my cheeks and chin. Soon after, the kids would start to scream. Online searches for the identity of the 19th century serial killer have gone through the roof over the years according to Google's list of trends. Other trends have started to show up too. Facial pain. Difficulty swallowing, temporomandibular joint disorder symptoms, facial eczema. Maybe it's just my own paranoia, which I admit is growing by the day, but I can swear people around here are smiling more often. They're joyless smiles, but smiles, nonetheless, my wife, whose stern, no-nonsense expression is legendary at the school where she teaches, now has smile lines creasing the corners of her mouth, and they're turning redder as the days, weeks, and months go by. My kids have always been relatively cheerful, even when they're bored or tired, you can see a little spark of positivity in their eyes. The spark is gone, but their smiles are as wide as ever. Wider, maybe. The local Connecticut message boards are buzzing about a find someone made regarding the serial killer from 1844. Apparently, there was a chest from Monroe Church that had been given the Historical Society in the 1980s. It was never opened and remained in the Historical Society basement for 30 years. The other day, on a whim, someone opened it. Contained within were the musings of an old nun. Musings on positivity, on happiness, on smiles. And there were drawings of people with impossibly wide grins. A knife was found, wrapped in a cloth, tucked into the corner of the chest. This morning, before dawn, I had the dream again. She was on me. For the first time, I noticed the heavy cross around her neck. She caressed my face like she'd always done, but this time her fingernails began to scrape and scratch against my skin. It tickled, then it hurt hurt very badly I tried to struggle but I couldn't wake up I couldn't get her off the sound of a blood-curdling scream exploded through my dream and I woke up the woman disappeared I looked at my wife in bed next to me she was screaming as she slept I watched as the corners of her mouth split and with a sickening crunch I heard her jaw dislocate blood poured down on the sheets as I grabbed her and tried to pull her out of bed and back into the waking world down the hall I heard my kids shriek with pain half hour later, we arrived at the hospital it was full of people bleeding from wounds on their cheeks. Some were worse than others. The place is overwhelmed, and I don't know what to do. Even as we bleed, we're all smiling.
1: That one's fucking nuts. That was yeah, that
0: was a good one to end on.
1: Yeah, that was a real good one. That was fun. So what do you think about
0: this, uh, this spoopy ghost-filled episode?
1: I... Can we turn on the lights? Yeah, we can turn on the lights now. Fuck yeah, dude. You getting creeped out? Were you, eh. cre- were you creeped at all? I wasn't. Those were relatively tame ghost stories, I have to say. What about the ghost story
0: of the woman dying in my fucking house?
1: Can we not do this? Like, two floors up. Stop. Like I'm fucking serious. Don't do <laughs> you're this. You're saying dude. my name?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Shit. You're saying my name, which means that you're being serious. Yeah, we can turn it on. Yeah, I'm not scared of this house, and and to be frank, I'm not really scared of ghosts. Um, I think the thing that makes a ghost most terrifying is probably just the persistence. Yeah. Visually, I guess I can learn to pretty much ignore anything. <laughs> At this point in my life. Specifically, if it couldn't do anything to me or my surroundings, it's just a glare at that point. A person. Just
1: a glare.
0: A person shaped smudge on my glasses. (laughs) Fuck you. It would also depend on what it looked like. But, you know, if it's a person, you know, it has a mind. And it's stupid. (laughs) (laughs) It's stupid. You could find a reason to ignore anyone at any point in time. That was a long episode. Not really. No? We've been doing some three-hour ones recently. Holy shit, dude. Well, we've never crossed the three-hour line, but we've... uh, Pen Pal, we read all of, and that was about 80 pages. Holy shit. I wanted to keep it all in one point, because the point of Pen Pal is the growing momentum of the pain that each chapter of that story inflicts on the reader, because it is so... Oh, just sad. I I was, like, crying at the end of it. Franz was like, it's all good, man. I was like, it's a really sad story. We read some fun stories today, though. Yeah, And definitely. these stories made me think about my childhood. The ghost that lives in my house. Can we not do this? <laughs> <laughs> so, not do so, um... So, Disco D, what did you think about this episode?
1: I enjoyed it. Even though it was about ghosts, most of them weren't bad. Do you think... Well, I
0: guess I should ask, who would you want to read Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark book two with? Because I think I, I could plan something.
1: I don't know, to be honest. Skelly Bones would be fun because he's never, he's it's, never... That's true,
0: that's true. You, know, you him. and him have good chemistry. Whereas him and Bunch of Baby Ducks just kind of both mellow each other out. Yeah. <laughs> I was going
1: to say, that was going to be my next choice, was a bunch of... Bunch of Baby Ducks. A Bunch of Baby Ducks. Yeah. Part of me was like, I think Frowns knows... I was going to say, or Frowns McBoohoo. I think Frowns knows some of the stories. Fun with him.
0: And then, and then that Friday night can consist of us playing... Mario Party. Or Betrayal.
1: Mario, Mario Party. Oh, come on.
0: Betrayal. The spookiest board game ever. And the trail at Baldur's Gate, which is not necessarily spooky, but very Dungeons and Dragons y. Recently played one where it was, um, All of Us versus a Dragon.
1: That's pretty fucking cool. Instead of, like,
0: a traitor, yeah. there was, like, just a rule book for how the dragon activated. It was, like, a two page awesome. survival. Yeah, it was fucking awesome, bruh. Play Mario Party. Yeah, we're gonna go play Mario Party. 10, now. Like, Is it? It's yeah. not even ten o'clock.
1: It. I have work tomorrow. Wow. I have work tomorrow. Wow. You know Mario Party takes forever. Wow. wow.
0: Bitch, I'm gonna slap you. So this was episode eighty five. We're in the uh, scary stories, telling dark ghost stories. Ghosts. I hope everyone got
1: ghosty ghosts, and spoops. You think Sal's a ghost? Don't be a Sal At this point, I hope so. Sell's a fucking dick. Don't be a Sal Don't be a Better bring it
0: back. Bring it back? to the one, the one, to the three. I like the pussy and I like the tree Smoke so much weed you would the believe. And I get more.
1: Mad.